with the Triumph Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series of One Month to Better Investigations and Internal Reporting. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day two, selection of investigative counsel. What is a critical element in any investigation? It is the fair and objective evaluation of the evidence uncovered. A key component of this fair and objective evaluation is the who question. That is, who should supervise the investigation and who should handle the investigation. I think the greater weight of authority and commentary is that an independent counsel should handle any serious investigation. I believe there are three reasons that a company should retain an independent counsel for investigation of serious allegations. The first is that Andre Agassi was right. Perception is reality. This means for any corporate compliance program to be effective, it must be perceived to be fair. If your employees do not believe that an investigation is fair and impartial, then it is not fair and impartial. Further, those involved must have confidence that any internal investigation is treated seriously and objectively. Second, if regular outside counsel investigates their own prior legal work, a plethora of loyalty and privileges issues can arise in the internal investigation. It is the rare legal investigation where the lawyer or law firm which provided the legal advice or services and then investigates anything having to do with said legal advice finds anything wrong with said legal advice. C.F. Vincent and Elkins' investigation of Enron immediately before Enron declared bankruptcy. If the law firm which performs the internal investigation has to waive the attorney-client privilege, it may have to do so for all legal work that is done for the company. The third point is the relationship of the regular outside counsel or law firm with the regulatory authorities. If a company's regular outside counsel performs the internal investigation and the results come out favorably for a company, the regulators may ask if the investigation was simply a whitewash. If the regulatory authorities, such as the Securities and Exchange Commission or the Department of Justice, cannot rely on a company's own internal investigation, 
it, one of those regulators may perform the investigation all over again with their own personnel, and it certainly will negatively impact you in your negotiation with the government. Regulators may believe that the company and its law firm have engaged in a cover-up, and this is certainly not a way to buy credibility. The reason credibility is so important is that that is really all you have when you negotiate with the government. For lawyers who regularly appear before the government, uh, they have credibility, and they understand that their client may, may or may not agree with recommendations, but they know that the lawyers they've hired will be a straight shooter in front of the government. Uh, however, they do get in front of the government. But it's more in the, than the lawyer or law firm that brings credibility to your negotiations with the government. It's the actions of the company as well. This means the step the company has taken and its cooperation with the government during dependency of any investigation. Despite the fact that using specialized counsel is a best practice that is well worth the money, one of, more difficult, one of the more difficult things is convincing the decision makers of this advantage. This is particularly so in speaking with mid or small sized companies that are part of larger supply chains. While general counsel and compliance officers may be up to speed on the outsourcing of critical inquiries, managers in business segments often are not and frequently reply that they have someone in the company who takes care of that sort of thing. However, it's clear that such an approach will be more costly to the company in the long run. Once again, I need to emphasize the need for independent counsel for serious corporate investigations. Moreover, if serious allegations are made, concerning your company's employees engaging in criminal conduct, a serious response is required. Your company needs to hire some seriously good lawyers to handle any serious internal investigation. These lawyers need to have independence from the company, so, you, so do not call your regular outside counsel. Hire some seriously good investigative lawyers, in other words, specialized outside counsel. The U.S. Sentencing Guidelines take into account <clears throat> such things as the offense, the severity of the offense, and the harm produced. And of course, there can be reductions for mitigating factors. It's really only through these mitigating factors that you can reduce your overall fine and penalty. And that, of course, comes from a robust internal investigation. In such a situation, a company should engage in specialized counsel to perform this investigation. Authors Jim McGrath and David Hildenbrandt give three reasons for the utilization of specialized counsel. The first is the DOJ will look towards the independence and impartiality of any such investigation as one of the, its factors in favor of declining or deferring enforcement. In-house counsel, when heading up a, an investigation, may be deemed less than trustworthy. The second reason is the company's perspective. Many companies have sought protection from investigations behind the shield of the attorney-client privilege and attorney work product doctrine. If, in -house, uh, if an in-house attorney is utilized, many courts are skeptical of a company asserting the privilege because of the mixed responsibilities of counsel inside of a corporation. That is legal and business work. Additionally, additionally obstructionist attempts by corporations to improperly assert the privilege have led courts to refuse to allow the privilege to be asserted in many court cases outside the FCPA realm. However, a company will not face these arguments if outside counsel is utilized. Even if a company is willing to waive its attorney-client privilege, 
there's yet another reason for the use of specialized counsel to handle an investigation. If a company's regular outside counsel is retained to conduct the investigation, the DOJ might feel the results are less than fully credible due to the fact that the law firm knew who buttered its bread and the law firm would not want to bring bad news to a client and endanger the ongoing business relationship between the law firm and the client. Specialized counsel meet the expectations of the U.S. sentencing guidelines and gives the company the protections of the attorney-client privilege and work product doctrine. It also assures the government of integrity in your internal investigation. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, if you have a serious problem, you need serious counsel. And that means outside investigative counsel who specialize in investigations of these type of matters. Two, credibility. Why is credibility so important? Well, credibility from the lawyer's side to the client side is always important. But when you have a serious investigation matter, the credibility extends to far beyond the investigation. It will extend out through the fine penalty or other resolution that you obtain. If you talk to any lawyer who has practiced before the Department of Justice, they will tell you the biggest and indeed only advantage they have is their credibility in the government's eyes. When they make a promise to the government, that promise is kept. If those promises are broken, uh, either through faulty investigation or other, you may lose a lot of goodwill with the government. Finally, specialized outside counsel can bring that key word, specialization. They can deliver bodies to a multinational uh, investigation literally across the globe. They can also bring other specialized skills such as forensic accounting or other. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day two of one month to better investigations and reporting, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to day two of one month to better investigations and reporting. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help our rankings and also get the word out about the only daily podcast for the compliance practitioner. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me next Monday for day three of my continuing series in June on one month to better investigations and reporting. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.